0: self-care freedom is self-care it's not about pedicures it's not about clothing it's not about trips join us as we journey through sharing together today on the show i'm sitting down with a maker named alexis she is a potter and an educator and we dive into the topics of making and using our hands as meditation and how self-care plays a role in her day-to-day life this is alexis's story Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Alexis, it's so good to have you on the show. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. It's wonderful to be here. I've been looking forward to this.
0: So before we dive into our conversation, um, I would love for you to tell the Hey Girl listeners who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. Um, So my name is Alexis Tellebson. I am a potter. And I am the maker behind Telefon Atelier. So I'm kind of a little bit of everything in my business. But, you know, I consider myself a maker and, and a potter.
0: How did you get started with pottery? Because my mug is my most favorite <laughs> mug. And I'm so excited for my big jumbo mug that you're making me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I discovered you... Through, um, I think it's a mutual friend who's here in DC, and um, she had your mug, and I was like, I need that mug. Found you, yeah. Stalked you, order the mug, ordered the mug, <laughs> ordered the mug. <laughs> and now we are here. So I just wanted to know how you got started with with pottery and ceramics, and what um, called you to that art.
1: Yeah, so I um, I went to college. I graduated high school in 2009, and I decided. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to New Paltz. It was the only college that I ever even thought about going to. And I was going to be an art teacher because my whole life, I loved making things. And I was like the one thing that always called me was to be making. So I thought the most sensible option is go to school, become an art teacher, and then you never, ever have to stop. Um, So I got to school and I started taking art classes and somehow I was able to take a ceramics class my first year at school which is like considered an upper division class it was kind of rare but I took it and I was like okay so this changes everything (laughs) I absolutely fell in love with it and um, I had a lot of support from the staff and from my teacher and she was like hey have you ever considered a BFA in ceramics and I said no but I'm considering it now Um, and it's kind of all been uphill from there so um, yeah I just I love it Um, when I was in college I was making much different work
0: than what I'm making now Mm -hmm. but
1: it like became a part of my life then and has just never let go.
0: Do you remember the first time you like touched the clay and put it on the wheel and like what was that experience like for you?
1: So it's funny, I fell I fell in love with ceramics because I liked hand building, mm. which we had this first project, and you got to make this really big pot based on a historic pot of your choosing, and I just loved handling the coils of clay and building and getting to build really large. Yeah. Um, but then... Once I got into the program, they were like, "Okay, so you're going to take a wheel throwing class now." But when I sat down at the wheel, I did not enjoy it at all. Really? <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah. And it's funny because I teach um, some intro level pottery classes occasionally through a community studio mm-hmm. um, here, and I always tell students like, "It's not easy when you first start. Like, it, it's extremely challenging." So, yeah, it was. It was not an immediate love affair with throwing, but once I got it, I couldn't stop. I just was always making bowls and mugs for gifts and things kind of on the side when I was making um, my studio work and like my classwork. So I believe, yeah, reflecting back on the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs)
0: it's way too hard. (laughs) So I want to, I want to dive in to... Um, making as meditation because for for me looking at artists like yourself um, who use their hands in such a tactile way I always think that it's this like super groovy meditative (laughs) process Mm -hmm. and like you're Mm -hmm. sitting there you're at the wheel you're touching you're doing all the pretty things and I have a feeling that it's not what I'm fantasizing (laughs) it to be Um, but I can't help but think that it can be such a meditative experience. So I would love for you to explore that with us a little bit and how you find your self care and your peace um, at the wheel.
1: Yeah, it, it totally, it totally feels that way. Um, It's funny. I was kind of thinking before we spoke, like, what are, you know, the, the self care things that I do in my life? Mm. And I kept thinking like, it is my time in the studio it is my time at the wheel. Mm-hmm. And um, because of the way that I make my work, I have kind of a wide variety of pieces, but I will make something, one thing in large batches. Mm-hmm. So if I sit down to make like one one style of mug, I'll make 24 um, in a run. And by the time that I'm at that last one, I realize that like My brain has been completely at peace the entire time. Um, You know, sometimes there's little hiccups and challenges through that process, but it feels extremely meditative. And also, like, the action of having something like soft and malleable in your hands that's spinning, Mm -hmm. that you're watching spin, Mm -hmm. um, is super hypnotic. And I think that's what draws people to, like, all those videos you see online of artists throwing pieces, because... It really can be this like smooth and calming experience. So yeah, I think it's funny that I can find like my peace in my self care through the production of of my work, um, and I'm super grateful for that. And I I'm like always dying to get to that stage mm-hmm. of throwing again because I try to see work through in batches. Yeah. So. You know, I'm not I'm not really at the wheel that often. It's maybe like once or twice a week, but it feels just like the best place to be for me.
0: So I I really appreciate that about your work, the minimalism aspect and Mm -hmm. not having a lot of choices, because for me as a (laughs) consumer, sometimes like when I see people's work and I fall madly in love with their work like I have with yours, I want to buy one of everything. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah of every color of every style yeah. variation and I'm like Alexis gives me something I can digest and like yeah. I I reach for my mug from you every day and oh, the, the exception is when like there's stale coffee sitting in it and I don't feel like cleaning out you know right away <laughs> yeah. so then I have to reach for my <laughs> other mug but I do want to talk about your decision to Have the batch approach and the minimalist approach, because I know when I reached out about my second mug, you were saying I am working with um, a certain type of clay right now and I can I can play with, uh, you know, with that. Mm -hmm, And I and I really mm -hmm. loved that. It wasn't like, okay, pick from this color, this paint, this Mm -hmm. gloss. It was very much like here's what I have. And if you want it, I can make it for you. So can we talk a little bit more about that and your decision behind um, navigating your making that way, yeah, yeah, totally. I think
1: part of it is just like how I function, and then part of it is a function of my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, because my studio is extremely small, and I'm the only person making the work or doing any of it. Yeah. So for me, I just have one wheel. I have one set of bats. I have two sets of shelves, and. So I have to be really thoughtful about what I make. And I, like for the first maybe six months of me making things seriously on my own, I did a lot of play mm-hmm. and I gave myself space to experiment. And I do that every once in a while. I start to kind of like introduce a new glaze or, you know, test things out. But I've tried to be really focused because I know my limitations. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it's really nice to hear that you were Um, have a good experience with like the limitations of of my work because I think other people come to me and they're like oh but can I have it in green Mm. oh but do you make this in that color and I do a lot of saying no to people and feeling like oh maybe I should offer every single thing in every single option but Mm. that just becomes very overwhelming yeah and right now I'm I feel like I'll always be going through this phase of like paring down, making decisions, and and like tightening yep. the line. Mm-hmm. But I'm working on doing that now because I do recognize that um, the more limitations there are, the more curated things are. I like the work to kind of like all function together, like using different clay bodies. I have four going at any given time, mm. but. They all look nice together. I think, yes. you know, they all complement each other. So, it's it's a collection, and it's a lot of careful choices. I feel that that helps me keep my brain in check better. No, I <laughs> love I'm always, that. yeah, you know. <laughs> and I I always want to make something new. I'm always right. like, oh, what if I make a match striker? Oh, what if I start using yellow? And then I'm like, hold on. Just <laughs> think about it for a minute (laughs) (laughs) before you offer it to the world and someone wants 20 and you can't do it yeah you know
0: yep i recently started wearing a new bra by third love and i absolutely adore it did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit i didn't third love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my third love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee every customer has 60 days to wear it wash it and put it to the test and if you don't love it you can return it and third love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need third love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit fit stylists are available every day to help via text chat or phone returns and exchanges are free and easy what's not to love third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone So right now they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. I think sometimes as small businesses, but also when we're in this realm of being creative for a living and making things, we always want to touch and play and explore with other things. Mm -hmm. But I think the beauty is knowing your limits and also honoring the boundary that you've put up for yourself, because I feel like that's a form of self-care too. setting up a boundary, not just for outside folks, but for the self and being able to yes. be like, this is what I can do, this is what I want to do and offer, and that's it. So I like how you said you've been saying no to a lot of people, but then also having this kind of internal dialogue of like, should I be offering <laughs> yeah. all the things and like every shade? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so how has that been? You know, let, let's let's talk about boundaries for a second. Uh, um, I guess boundaries in business, right? And then, and then mm-hmm. boundaries for self. How has it been saying no? And let's unpack like that whole thing of, but should I be saying yes? So how has that been looking?
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's been really crazy. It's like, it's hard because when I'm saying no to something, I'm saying no to like a potential opportunity in Mm -hmm. some ways. That's Mm -hmm. what my brain says to me when Mm -hmm. I'm doubting myself. And right now that has come more in the form of like uh, venues and opportunities to sell work and places to put my work. Mm-hmm. And for that, it's meant like, can I make enough? You know, can I, can I be there the way that I want to be there? Because sure, I can show up with some stuff, but I want to show up with the right stuff. Right. So it's funny. I feel like I, I deal with that internal dialogue every day and I talk to my partner about it all the time and he's always like, You love to do stuff (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) It you know, it's like what drives me. But um, but I spend lately within the past like couple weeks actually that lately, I've been trying to remind myself that my personal expectations are always going to be extremely high Mm -hmm. for myself and for my business. Mm -hmm. And the way that I represent myself is extremely important but if something is missing that I planned, nobody knows, but me. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, but I need to have like, I need to have two dozen of these because what if I only show up with, with six and I sell out? It's like nobody knows that I didn't have that extra inventory or that I didn't have that extra mug or that extra style. Mm. Like they they see what I have here and they love what I have here. And I have to celebrate that for myself, Mm. that I'm doing enough at any given time.
0: That is amazing. And that's really yeah. introspective too because I think so many folks feel like it has to be all or all, right? Especially in yeah. business. Because it's like, okay, well this person sees me and wants me and this person sees me and wants me and like yeah. all this stuff and I wanna show up and I wanna be out there, but it's like how do we not over saturate ourselves and yeah. then just overextend because mm-hmm. that's a big part of burnout and self-care and business is exactly what you're talking about. Like boundaries, knowing and owning what you've set in place for yourself and your, you yeah. know, your, your standards, like that's a big thing. Um, so man, I feel you on that all the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's every day. And I think I've done a good job of, or I've tried to do a good job of letting some other parts of my life go mm-hmm. or in order to have the energy and the time to put forth into my business. Because a year ago I was working two part-time jobs. I was working full-time and I was trying to do this. Wow. And I was like, "That it, I can't do it anymore as much as I don't want to let anything in my life go because I've been so lucky to have amazing jobs and, really good opportunities and been surrounded by really good people. It was a moment where I had to be like, all right, this process is starting of saying no and, and pulling back. Mm-hmm. And I have to just like be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just have to decide that it's fine. Right. And it's everyone is is doing that. Um, and it feels best for me. So yeah, it's daily decisions.
0: Aside from, Sitting at your wheel, aside from sitting at your wheel and experiencing your self-care through making, how else have you been exploring self-care in your life and like how you move through it on a day-to-day basis? Uh, I
1: would say... I'm not always doing a very great job of it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <I'm> being
1: honest, <laughs> you know, all of I us think... have that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I could be like, well, I read a book every night before bed, and I, you know, yeah. and like that is not that's not reality for me. But mm. I have tried to like lean into small moments throughout the day mm. that feel good. Mm. So like waking up in the morning and having a cup of coffee and just being quiet with a cup of coffee for 10 minutes before I'm diving into emails
0: mm.
1: is like a moment of self-care Yes. or just like being in my car. Cause I drive quite a lot. Um, my part-time job is, is an hour away and most of the firing that I do is an hour away. So I'm in my vehicle every single day mm. and I try to like, be quiet in the car, maybe get another cup of coffee yeah. and <laughs> and just have like some, some peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also find that like, I'm pretty, I'm like an extroverted introvert. Like, oh yeah. I, you Same. know, like I, <laughs> <laughs> I love to be alone, but like, I know how to talk to people, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but um, I get most of my energy, I think from solitude, but I also have been trying to push myself to have small moments with other people like getting lunch with a friend or visiting my cousin. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I finally visited my cousin in her new apartment for the first time in over a year Mm -hmm. and just stepped out and enjoyed other people and put the business in the back of my brain and just live. Um, And that feels really good to me. Sometimes I forget how fed I can feel from just like, visiting my dad for an hour or having a chat with my mom mm. and, and taking that space for the people that I care about. So I would say those are my, those are my ways. Also kind of like just day to day chores and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like being like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to empty the sink when I do the dishes. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm going to get through all of them. It doesn't happen very often, but I'm going to treat myself. Mm-hmm. Um, That feels like
0: self-care. It is. It is. And I'm so glad that you rattled off those things because um, that's where the self-nurturing is. in those little Mm -hmm. moments that we can lean into and those things that make us feel fed and those things that make us feel full, you know, and like really good. Like self-care isn't this thing for Instagram. It isn't this manicure. (laughs) It's not this facial. I mean, yeah, sometimes. Mm -hmm. for some folks. Right. But Mm -hmm. that's not always what it is. That's not always how it looks. And I feel as though and you can feel free to chime in on this. Self-care is being marketed as this consumerism and like buy, 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 spend, 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 exert all your options financially to make yourself feel good. But that's momentary. After that manicure, you might still feel drained.
1: I yeah, I used to do that I think before, if I'm being honest, like I had a real uh, grip on my personal finances. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I have a little free time today. I'm going to just go to Target. I know I need to just get Q-tips, but like, let me just browse through the home section yeah. or like <laughs> go like buy some senseless stuff mm-hmm. and and like go shopping or treat myself. And if anything, it left me like more empty yeah. <laughs> because yeah. then I had this extra uh, stuff in my life and less money in my pocket that I was working very hard for. And it was not ever making me feel good. Mm. And I've, I've never been the type of person that like, enjoys like facials or getting my nails done and stuff like that. Like, it, it's just not conducive to my life. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes that does make other people feel good. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. But I don't think it has to be So showy. Mm, Um,
0: It's that. It's that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, oh, look, I did this good thing for myself. Like, I find that the moments of self care are things that are not photogenic, are not brag worthy. They're so personal and and sacred. Yes. Yes.
0: Like dishes. And quiet. And quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, seriously. Like, I feel a huge relief when the house is quiet. When the windows are cracked and there's nice mm-hmm. breeze coming through because it's been so hot here, but yesterday it was great and I could crack my yes. window. And this morning I scrubbed down the um oven and, like, that was my self-care. And it didn't feel like a chore. It felt like yes. let me just take this moment while the baby is asleep, while my oldest is getting ready for school, while my husband is relaxing, to just do something that I want to do. And yeah. I want more women specifically to know that self-care is so diverse and can look so many different ways from that manicure to that facial all the way down to sitting still, all the way down to going for a walk and really, and like no phone, not documenting, hey, I'm on this walk this morning, but like really <laughs> just chilling out is self-care, taking a breath. Yeah. We forget to yeah. breathe sometimes. I, I walk through the day sometimes and I'm like, Did I breathe? Like, we know we breathe, right? But it's like, did I really take a breath? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get like halfway through my day and I'm like,
1: okay, I know I haven't stopped moving, but like, what did I do all day? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and even sometimes with driving, I find sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, I'm calm. But other times I'll like get to my destination and be like, where was my brain? Because I was like thinking about all the other things. That I need to be handling, or the email that I need to send, or the thing I forgot to put on my to do list. And then I'm somewhere else, literally, like physically somewhere else, and was not there for the ride. Mm. And that, like, I feel like that happens when I'm not checking in with myself, when yeah. I'm not just taking a moment and kind of like decompressing just for a minute. And thinking about my my day yeah
0: oh man man I, I'm I'm right there with you I am right there with you and I <laughs> that think it's good to hear <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone who listens to this is gonna be like me too because yeah. sometimes like that is what life is that we're just kind of um, coasting maybe even mm-hmm. floating through and like forgetting to step and forgetting to like just yeah. be here so when I tell people Be here, be present. That's what I mean. Like, while we're driving, be tuned into yourself. Check in. Don't just think about the list, because I do that too. Um, Mm -hmm. Really just trying to tap into self. And it's difficult. It is so hard sometimes. (laughs) 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 Um, So before we wrap up, I want to ask you a question that, feel free to think about it for a little bit. but. How does your work and your creativity support you?
1: Oh, I don't have to even think about that, really. Mm. It feels like um, my work and my creativity, business society even, just like the work that I make and the action of being able to be a creative human being is who I am. Um, It is the most steadfast, thing in my life. I couldn't imagine where I would be if I didn't have those aspects of of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels very integral to who I am as a person. And I'm extremely grateful for it, and extremely grateful that I get a response from it, that it allows me to connect with so many people um, and support so many people. Um, Yeah, yeah, it just is like, it's who
0: I am. Something that came up while you were talking is this last question that I wanna wrap with. Um, What has pottery and teaching taught you about community?
1: Well, just like how important strangers are Mm. like I walk into a class and I don't know anybody and they don't know me and the classes that I teach are six weeks long. We meet once a week and by the end everybody's friends Mm. and reminding myself that like I can, I can come upon anyone and, they can become a friend, they can become an ally. And th- it can be just so fulfilling to to learn someone new. that that's certainly what what teaching has taught me. And that like I can always be learning from the people around me, and to always be open to other people and what they have to say and what they have to bring.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end. Thank you so much, Alexis, yeah. for being with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: The Hey Girl Podcast is a member of the District Productive, produced by Paul Woody Woodhall and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai.